I'm Caleb Brown, host of the Cato Daily Podcast, and I'm taking this time to ask you during the month of December to financially support the Cato Daily Podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute to advance liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and support us this holiday season. This is the only time of the year when I make this request, so I'm adding something. If you support Cato to the tune of $1,000 or more, I'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, or you can designate someone else to receive all the benefits of that donation. Just visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor to get started, and thank you. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, December 19th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. What do trends in illegal drug smuggling tell us about illegal immigration? For one, a border wall is a particularly inapt solution to the problem. That's from Cato's David Beer. His new policy analysis is entitled, How Legalizing Marijuana is Securing the Border, available today at Cato.org. What are the appropriate parallels that we can draw out between drug smuggling and illegal immigration into the United States? Well, both are transnational forms of a black market. And it's worthwhile to study both of them because um, they both have similar dynamics in that uh, they're not regulated by the government um, directly uh, and they operate in the shadows. And so uh, trying to understand how they work is uh, important to understand both phenomena. So one of the things that you point to in your paper is the difference uh, among interdiction efforts of people and drugs trying to cross the border either between ports of entry or actually at ports of entry. So what do we know about uh, in, in recent years about drug interdiction at the border either between ports of entry or at ports of entry? Well, the most important thing that's happened in the last few years when it comes to drug smuggling is that uh, several states have legalized marijuana and that has really shifted uh, the demand in terms of where drugs are being supplied, where specifically marijuana is being supplied uh, to American consumers. Prior to legalization, you had a situation where most of the drugs, the, the, specifically the marijuana that was uh, being consumed in the United States, came across the southern border. And because marijuana is such a bulky product, you uh, really had to smuggle it uh, between ports of entry. So you're talking about through the desert, across the Rio Grande, um, otherwise try to sneak it in illegally rather than try to conceal it in your luggage and bring it through a port of entry. Other drugs that are much more concentrated uh, can be smuggled uh, more easily through those legal ports of entry, and that way you don't have to expend the effort uh, to go around and go through the desert and, and, and try to avoid border patrol. And so marijuana is actually um, the most similar in that respect to human smuggling um, in that, uh, you know, in order to sneak into the United States, it's very difficult to get a human being through a port of entry compared to uh, try to go th through the desert in the dark of night and, and try to get into the country uh, that way. And as a result of legalization, 
the rate of seizures by Border Patrol uh, declined by 78 percent uh, from 2013 until uh, 2018. And so just a massive decline in the rate at which marijuana is being seized by Border Patrol uh, between ports of entry. And as a consequence, uh, because of the fact that marijuana is uh, the primary drug uh, being smuggled there, the overall value of the drugs being seized by Border Patrol also declined uh, by 70%. And so these trends before legalization, you had more drugs being seized by Border Patrol, you know, measured by value than at ports of entry. But after legalization, now in 2018, you have three times more drugs being seized by value, measuring that by value, at the ports of entry than uh, by the Border Patrol agents uh, between ports of entry. So why uh, would drug smugglers try to move drugs through ports of entry? Well, uh, really, the, the reason is that it's a lot easier to get into the country if you have a passport um, or you have a, a legal status of some kind than to um, worry about going through a desert and you know getting lost and getting dehydrated and um, you know potentially getting caught just for trying to sneak into the country rather than having drugs on you. And so most of the drug smuggling that goes on is actually being conducted by U.S. citizens um, who, you know, they have a passport, so they have the legal right to come into the United States. That's a lot easier to do that than try to go through a desert um, if you can avoid it. And so really it's only because marijuana is so bulky that um, before you had that being the primary route uh, to bring it in. But other drugs like heroin, fentanyl, methamphetamine, those drugs are much more easy to conceal on your person or in your luggage uh, or in trucks. And uh, as a consequence, that's really the main conduit at this point for uh, drugs into the country. And it's always been the main conduit for these harder, uh, um, you know, quote unquote, harder drugs. So the findings here seem to be pretty counterintuitive if uh, for somebody saying, well, you just you just got to stop it, whatever it is, if it's drug smuggling, if it's illegal immigrants, you just have to stop it. Right. That And, and your response to that is. Well, really, what uh, is interesting here is President Trump has you know repeatedly cited drug smuggling to justify a border wall. But if you actually look at the period uh, to which. The, our analysis did was look at the period from 2003 uh, to 2009 when Border Patrol actually built more than uh, 530 miles of border fencing. Um, some of this, you know, uh, 10 feet or taller. Um, and it really didn't have any effect, measurable effect, on the rate of uh, marijuana smuggling that was going on um, at that time. Um, you know, at the same time, you doubled the workforce of the Border Patrol. So you increased by almost 10,000 agents from 2003 to 2009. So you had this massive surge of enforcement. And of course, that led to more drugs being seized. 
But if you actually look at the rate per individual uh, agent, which is really the best measure of drug smuggling that you can have, because you know it looks at um, how many the average officer is seizing rather than the total quantity, because you're controlling for the level of enforcement. And that didn't number didn't change at all, meaning that they weren't more efficient in seizing marijuana than they were before. And um, you know, it, all else equal, um, the number of uh, the amount being seized by each officer goes up when there's an increase in smuggling, and it goes down when there's a decrease in smuggling. And so, after legalization uh, in Colorado, and Washington, and several other states, Nevada, and most recently in California, there was a just absolute nosedive in the amount of seizures being done uh, per officer. And, and that really shows that legalization was really the only thing that budged uh, drug smuggling or marijuana smuggling uh, downward. All this enforcement that was done had no impact, uh, while legalization really did uh, change the game for Border Patrol. And now they can really fo- focus on other things uh, than you know this marijuana flow that was coming uh, before. David Beer is author of the new analysis, How Legalizing Marijuana is Securing the Border, available for download at Cato.org. As we are now knee-deep in the season of giving, I'm asking you, the unflappable Cato Daily Podcast listener, to financially support our work promoting individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace by visiting Cato.org slash podcast sponsor to learn more about the benefits of sponsorship. That's Cato.org slash podcast sponsor.